Hi, welcome to our podcast. To learn more about Liverpool One Church, join us live, give financially and to get involved, head to liverpoolonechurch.com. We believe God wants to do great things in and through your life today. Enjoy this message. that that's going to be a really great night in the house. So make sure you get your tickets for that on the 14th of July. But hey, that's in the future. I just think it's a great day to be in church today. Uh, primarily because England won last night, which now means officially it could be coming home. It's always a great day to be in church. You have additional reasons to worship today. 4-0, who'd have seen that coming right? And uh, the second reason why I think it's a great day to be in church is because we're starting a brand new season series called Road Trip, and I always love starting a brand new series in the life of church. I think that there are a few things that we can all agree on in the life of church, even if you're a follower of Jesus or not, and that's that every single one of us wants to arrive somewhere. Every single one of us, whether we verbalized it or not, we've all got a picture in our mind's eye of where we want to end up in life, you know, like a destination, a goal, something we want to achieve. But actually, the reality is for each and every one of us is that, that having, a, having a dream is the easy part, right? But having a plan that gives legs and adds wheels to your dream, well, that's the real hard part. So as we kick off July, almost our summer season, hopefully it'll last a little longer than a couple of weeks, we're going to be um, talking about taking a road trip because we know like no one's flying this summer. Very, very few of us are going to be taking a trip abroad, but chances are you may be jumping in the car and taking a road trip and we want to set you up strong for that. I think that there are two things that we all need if we're planning on taking a road trip. And really what we've got to do first and foremost is we've got to agree where we're going, but then we've got to find out a way of how to get there safely. And that's what this series is all about. It's not just about traveling and getting you to where you want to get in life. It's about how to get there safely, how to reach your destination, but how to get there safely. Like what lessons are there that we can all learn, whether we're followers of Jesus or not, even if you're in church today and you're like, I don't really know about this. I'm not too sure about this. I don't know if I'm into this. Hey, I absolutely promise you that there are so many life lessons because this is going to be like really practical. So if you kind of in church thinking, oh, I hope it's going to be deep today. And really what you mean is like, I hope that I'm not going to understand anything today. It's not going to be that kind of a talk, okay? It's going to be really practical and really applicable to all of our lives. Even for those of you who might say, I'm not too sure if I follow Jesus. This stuff will work in your life too. And I think that there are five things that you've got to do if you want to reach your destination in life safely. And that correlates perfectly to reaching your destination as if you were taking a road trip too. So let's fire through five things to make your road trip not only fun, but safe along the way too. The first thing that each and every one of us have got to do if we're going to be taking a road trip, and this is similar to life, is agree that we're not going to travel alone. Like don't travel 
alone. While sometimes we like to isolate ourselves and kind of go our own route, do our own thing, taking a road trip, we understand this, right? It's way more fun if you travel with friends. If you're gonna take a trip, go visit somewhere, go and do something, it's way more fun if you're doing it with the right people who are close to you in your inner circle. Like, don't travel alone. And here's the reason why I would say, as a pastor of a church, why you shouldn't travel alone is because you are designed and created for community. Like everything that you are that exists in your entire makeup as has been preordained before the foundations of the earth by God our maker in heaven, it's all been in place for you designed to be around people, doing life in community. Like you are designed for that. But often getting around the right people is tough, isn't it? Like it's one thing to say like don't travel alone, And it's a completely different thing to figure out, well, how do I make sure that whilst I'm not traveling alone, that I'm traveling with the right people? And I think that that's exceptionally difficult when you track back and trace back where often you find the starting point for the people that we all run with in life is. Like, think about it like this. You know, if you've got like an inner circle or an inner group of friends that are just close to you, if you track that back and look at like, where did that whole thing start? Chances are it probably started at a point at which you were accepted by somebody. Like acceptance is often the starting point for friendship. Like, you know, you go to a new school and all of a sudden you don't wanna be the awkward, lonely guy in the playground. So somebody accepts you and asks you to come and play and all of a sudden like you're friends. And because they've shown kindness to you, because they've shown compassion to you, they've reached out to your world. It's kind of like the initiation of a friendship because they were accepting of you. It's the same in the office world, right? You start a new job or you move floors or you move to a different shift. Whoever it is that shows you acceptance first, chances are they're the ones, right, that you end up running with in life. They're the ones that you have in your inner circle because they were kind to you. They were compassionate for you. They were showing care towards you. They were accepting of you. And oftentimes, acceptance is where most of our friendships start. You start a new university, you got a new job, we always gravitate towards people that accept us first. And yet, acceptance may not necessarily be the best attribute that we go looking for when we're trying to establish who's the best people that I can run with in life. Like if I'm gonna take a road trip, like if I'm gonna head somewhere in life, like who's the best people that I can have with me on the journey? Oftentimes acceptance is not necessarily the best place to start because just because someone's accepted you, it can often mean that actually they're still nothing like you. Like you have totally different values, you have a totally different worldview. I mean, sure, you might like some of the same music and visit some of the same restaurants, but in terms of like the bigger picture of where your life is heading, acceptance oftentimes does not equal like, man, we just share so much in common in life, but because they accepted us, we're like all over it, we're like, man, I want that. So I would just say that if we're going to choose to not travel alone, don't just allow acceptance to be the main thing that we go hunting for and looking for when we're trying to figure out like who's the right people to include in our world. Don't just run with those that accept you because the people that you run with in life are the people that will help shape and direct your life. And it's the same with me too. But also what's equally true is don't only just run with those who maybe do have the same 
things in common as you. Maybe you do have the favorite band. Maybe you do all enjoy going to the fa your favorite restaurant. Maybe there is that one particular hobby that you're all a part of either. Because you can also run with people that you've got practical things in common with and yet a completely different worldview. Like you're actually wanting to achieve in life totally different things, you know? And yet what do we do? We think that because they like the same band as us, they like the same clothing as us, they like visiting, visiting the same bars as us, then we're gonna run with them. And the reason why I say all of this is because you know this is true. Like you don't even need me telling you this today, but your friends in your inner circle, they are the ones that determine the quality and the direction of your life. Your friends determine that. Who you run with in life is important. You know, for this series, what we could say is that if you wanna have a safe and successful road trip, the people that you travel with determine the quality and the direction of your trip. Now, I'm not gonna go on to kind of try and convince you that some people are more important than others. That would be a little bit discourteous of me, but I do want to start by looking at a passage of scripture that was written and composed by perhaps the wisest man ever outside of Jesus to walk the planet. And his name was Solomon. And he speaks into this issue of like, how do you make sure that you're doing life with the right people? Like, how do you make sure that your inner circle is a good inner circle? And it's not just your inner circle by way of default because of acceptance or because of hobbies. He speaks into this exact issue. And in Proverbs 13, verse 20, where he's addressing this, he makes this statement. And this is true for me and it's true for you. You're gonna love it. He says this, whoever walks with the wise will become wise. Incredible. In other words, he's not even saying like, you've gotta be the smartest person in the room. He's not saying that you've gotta have the most intelligent IQ or EQ thing going on. He's just saying, do you know that almost by default, when you get your inner circle right, if you run with right and wise people, just by your mere proximity and your close relationship with them, you're gonna end up by default becoming wise. And what do you do when you're wise? Well, you make smart decisions, you make smart choices. You understand that life is connected. You understand when you're wise that everything affects everything, that what you do today affects where you go tomorrow. You understand that how you make decisions today determine where you head tomorrow. And he's saying that just as a result of having a wise inner circle, just by being around them, just by hanging out every now and then, just by staying communicative with them, like you're gonna become wise when you choose an inner circle that is wise too. But then he goes on to say something that I think is pretty fascinating. He then goes on to say, but a companion of fools will suffer harm. You know what a fool is? A, a, a fool is somebody that doesn't understand that life is connected. A fool is somebody that doesn't understand that everything affects everything. A fool is somebody that doesn't, isn't able to grasp the idea that when you make decisions today, it affects the decisions that you can make tomorrow. Like somebody that's foolish just kind of lives for the moment, lives for a good laugh, lives for a good time. And yeah, it's fun to be around that, but it's not a wise thing. And here Solomon is saying, but a companion of fools will suffer harm. And you know what I thought was fascinating? Like, how come when you're around wise people, you become wise, but the byproduct of hanging around foolish people is not that you become foolish? He doesn't say that at all. He like raises the stakes massively. He says, no, no, who you run with in life is so important. He says it like this, 
the companion of fools will suffer harm. He's saying like, yeah, if you run life in life with the wrong people, not only are you gonna end up at the wrong destination, a place where you'd never planned, where you'd never pre-mapped to get to, but they are going to hurt you. Like their decisions and their choices are gonna cause carnage and shrapnel. And you're gonna be the one that's constantly trying to pick up the pieces. It's gonna affect you. It's gonna bother you. It's gonna annoy you. He was saying it's going to harm you. So if you're going to have a successful road trip, and from a biblical perspective, if you want to live a healthy life, then make sure that you don't do life alone. But make sure that you learn the art of bringing close into your inner circle wise people, people who understand that the decisions that they make today are going to affect seriously the decisions that they make tomorrow. Point number two, the second thing that you've got to do on your road trip of life is don't pick up strangers. Now, some of you are thinking, well, that sounds a bit weird. Like, who is a stranger? I'll tell you who a stranger is. Anybody that is stranger than you. Anybody that just does strange things. Like, don't pick them up and have them in your inner circle. Because not only will their strangeness rub off on you, rub off on you but it's going to affect you. It's going to bother you. I remember a couple of years back, right? I was traveling real late at night and I was going through the Mersey Tunnel, which for those of you that don't know, is basically a, a core hole that runs right underneath the River Mersey. And I picked up this hitchhiker that was outside and he was just like trying to get to the other side. And I picked him up and I just thought like, I've never done this before. This feels a bit awkward. I don't even know if this is a thing, but there I am like picking up this guy. And as I'm driving through the tunnel, like just imagine somebody sat in the passenger seat next to you all the time and they were just glaring like this. And I'm driving, I'm thinking like, just don't hit the walls, don't hit the walls, don't hit the walls. And the only thing he said to me on this journey was this, he goes, I hate it when it rains in here. I'm thinking, it's the tunnel, it never rains in the tunnel. And I'm thinking like, I have got to get this guy out of my car because seriously, I'm thinking like, I am going to be front page news of the Echo, like, you know, just lowly man murdered on his way home. You know, that's kind of how it was going. But don't pick up strangers. You know, my dad, he was, um, he was such a socialite, honestly, like everybody at his funeral, I've never seen a church so packed, like everybody knew who he was. And it was kind of like, he was the annoying dad that as kids, whenever we'd get onto the school bus, he always felt the urge to climb onto the dub top of the double decker and wave goodbye to all the children. And I'm like, dad, I'm 15, this is not cool anymore, like seriously. But like, I can remember there were times and seasons where he would just get chatting to people at the bus stop. And it was like, he lived, he lived life in such a way which was so, kind of open to everybody. Like one time my mum and dad had bought a new Kirby Hoover, which apparently back in the day was a thing. Well, before my mum had even used it, he'd like given it away to somebody at the bus stop. And it's like, that's a really strange thing to do. But he was just kind of like so open and so kind and always had a moment for everybody, which on one hand is like so to be commended. But then on the other hand, we went through times and seasons of our life where I got kicked out of my bedroom because my dad met a strange guy 
called Colin that apparently needed to live in our house in my bedroom. I had like three months living with my brother because some random guy that my dad just met. And it's like, no, this is, this is awkward. We're like a family unit, you know, and did my mom even know about this? It was just strange, you know, kind of like keeping this guy hidden upstairs in a bedroom for a few months. It was just weird, but it's, it's not healthy and it's not helpful. So don't pick up strangers because it kind of ties in, doesn't it, to what Solomon was saying. He's like, look, a companion of fools will suffer harm. And that guy, Colin, ended up robbing so much money and so much stuff from our family. It's like, no, no, that so could have been avoided. You made a choice that was not a wise choice. The companion of fools will suffer harm. So the bottom line is this, right? I want you as a church to be kind and to be caring and to be compassionate but I also want you to be careful about who you bring into your inner circle. Who influences you the most? Like don't pick up strangers, because I promise you, if you pick up a stranger and they're a fool, as in like they don't understand that life is connected, they don't understand that everything affects everything, they don't understand that the decisions they make today affects the decisions they can make tomorrow, like it is going to harm you, but sometimes, and I don't wanna make anybody feel awkward, right? But sometimes it's just a good question for you to ask yourself this question. Uh, do I have any strangers in my life? Are there any people who I would define now as being a bit strange in my inner circle? Well, let me tell you how you can go and look for this. And this is a really valuable tool that you can kind of utilize. Start to ask yourself this question. Is there anybody in your life that when you're around them, they make you feel less healthy? Like, is there anybody who's in your life that when you're around them, you feel like you can't really be the real you? Like you have to put on some sort of a mask. You have to like live under a false pretense. Maybe it's because you feel the need to try and impress them. Maybe it's because you feel the need that, you know, you need their affirmation. I mean, for whatever the reason is, but whenever you're around that person, you feel like you just can't be yourself. Have you ever been around a person that when you're around them, they always seem to make you doubt yourself? Like when you're not around them, like you know who you are, you know what you're doing, you know where you're going, but the moment that you're around them, it's kind of like, man, you just doubt everything about you and is that a right choice? Is that a wise choice? And all of a sudden, everything that you've believed in and everything that you've held true to now is up for question. Have you ever been around somebody that when you're around them, it's like they're slowly and subtly just chipping away at your values? Like the things that matter the most to you, that they're just like nitpicking at everything that you do and you say, and it kind of leaves you with this underlying sense of I'm not comfortable. Have you ever been around somebody that makes you feel intimidated? Like if you say the wrong thing, they're just gonna blow up, they're gonna like explode, they're gonna ha you're all gonna have an, a reaction from them that's just not desirable. And you then start to become worried about how they respond. If you're dealing with someone like that, I suggest to you that maybe you are running with a strange, uh, someone that's stranger than you. Don't pick up strangers. And you know, I just wanna kind of release some of you about this. Like, I know that everybody needs a someone, but for those of you that are running life and have strange people in your inner circle, I want you to know it's okay for you to drop them off. Because here's the bottom line, right? 
God loves them and I get that, but you don't need to carry them. Like God loves them and God's for them, but you've got to understand that, that you need to drop them off because, because you can't handle them. And you know that you can't handle them because when we've been going through that list of how you respond, of when you're around them, you're like, yeah, that's me. That's what I'm like when I'm around that person. Oh, they always make me feel that way. You know that as you go through that checklist, you're like, that is just me to a T. God loves them, but you can't handle them. And you know what? Sometimes the most beneficial you can do for people that are strange in your life is drop them off. And the reason why I say that it's beneficial to them too is because if you can't handle them, they need somebody in their life that maybe God's waiting to bring that can handle them. But whilst you're in the way, he just can't do that. So I want you to know like you don't have to feel the pressure to be like inclusive of people in your inner circle who are just bad for you. Like they just make you feel a certain way. And let me describe it by saying this. You would not lend your car to anybody that when they returned it to you, it was full of rubbish and full of junk and it had dints in the paintwork, the bumper was hanging off, maybe a crack in the windscreen. You would never lend your car to somebody ever again if they returned your car to you in that state. And yet we do that with our lives all the time. We let people leave rubbish in our lives and dent the bumper of our lives and crack the windows of our life. And it's not helpful to us, it's not healthy to us, but we feel the need like, well, I've just gotta keep, keep them in my inner circle. It's like, look, God loves them, but you can't handle them. And if you can't handle them because of their strangeness, you just need to drop them off. The third thing that you've gotta do if you wanna take a successful and safe road trip is choose a destination and borrow a map. It's kind of like, it's good to have a dream, but you've gotta have a plan. Like if you've got an idea of where you wanna end up in life, but have no plan for that, that is just a fantasy. It's nothing more than something that you think about all the time, become contemplative about all of the time. It's just a dream, it's, it's fairy tale land without some kind of a plan. You've gotta choose a destination and borrow a map because Everybody ends up somewhere in life. The question is, are you gonna end up there on purpose? Everybody ends up somewhere in life, but are you gonna end there in, on purpose to the place where you're intentionally trying to get to? And you know what? Life is, I guess, similar to a road trip. You know, in the same way that you can be heading to one place, but on the way, you've got to call in at multiple destinations. You've got to pick up the thing. You've got to call in and do that. Like, like life is very similar to that. Because when you're choosing a destination, you don't need to choose a destination for your entire life, but just the season of your life that you're in. And depending on your season, you're gonna often choose different destinations, different goals, different things that you want to achieve. You know, because maybe you're in a season of life right now that, that, that you're newly married. Like that's a season that you're never gonna have again. And when you're newly married, you might be making choices and decisions that maybe you wouldn't have to make than if you were 30 years into marriage. It's just a different season. It's a different time for you. And in the same way, you know what? It's almost like how you decipher the season that's in front of you right now, it determines how and well you enter the next season of your life. And if we don't correctly decipher what season we're in and what we're trying to accomplish, what goals we're trying to achieve, it can really badly affect our ability to move successfully into the next. And here's what I found. 
Wishing doesn't really help a great deal. Like wishing you were somewhere, wishing your life looked different, wishing that your life was more like that, it doesn't really help you at all. That's just a dream. But if you're gonna have a dream, you've gotta have a plan. So if you've got a destination, you've got to at some point be able to borrow a map. And the reason why I say that this is so important is because when you're going on a road trip, there are two things available to you that are not available to you in your life trip. When you're in a car, you've got a rear view mirror so you can always look and see where you've come from and what's behind you. But you've also got a reverse gear that if you wanna go back to where you've just come from, you can turn the thing around and get headed that way. But in life, you don't have that luxury. You've got the rear view mirror and you can look at the things that you wish you'd done differently. You can look at your mistakes. You can look at the things that you wish that you could change, but you're without the reverse gear. Like you can't go back and change a thing. So you've got to choose a destination, but then you've got to borrow a map because life does not have a reverse gear. You can't go back there. And sometimes, if you want to really arrive at a place in life that's a dream of yours, maybe you're trying to figure out like how to be a better parent. You've got like a baby under two, you know, and it feels to you like, man, I don't know how to do this. I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing. And you've got a goal. I want to head to being a good parent. Sometimes it's just great to borrow somebody else's map. Like you've got a goal of, I want to achieve this in my business or I want to start this business up. Well, that's a great goal, but you really need to borrow somebody else's map. Or maybe you're single or you've just started dating and you're thinking, man, I wish I had a marriage like their marriage. They just seem to get on and they have fun and they have such a great time. And that's where you want to go and you're kind of like, that's your dream, but you just don't know how to get there. Well, you need to borrow somebody's map. You need to go when you're thinking of starting a family and speak to somebody who's already had a family. Like lean into them, borrow their map. When you're thinking about starting a business, you need to go and find somebody who's already started a business. Lean into them, borrow their map. If you know somebody is running a successful business and yours is struggling and faltering and feeling like you can't get it going, you need to lean in and borrow somebody else's map for the journey that they've already been on that you're about to embark upon. And it's doable. Now, this is how you borrow someone else's map, okay? You've got to reach out to them, but there are ways in which you should not reach out to people. So I would encourage you, if you want to borrow someone's map, maybe it's somebody else's map in your life group, somebody else's map on your serving team that you work with on a Sunday here at Liverpool One Church. Maybe it's just somebody in church that you look at and you aspire to be like and you're just impressed by them and they've got great standing character and a good all-round person. You should absolutely reach out to them. Like you could email them, you could maybe drop them a text, you could DM them, like reach out to them. But this is what you shouldn't do, okay? You shouldn't kind of say like, you know, well, really two things. One, like, will you be my mentor? Like, I've got a new business and I need you to hold my hand on every step of the way because that's just gonna freak them out. They're not gonna want that responsibility and that hassle in their life. So don't go and approach someone like, will you be my mentor? And also, whatever you do, if you're a Christian, if you're a church person, if this is your home, don't go and say to them either like, I've been praying and God has put you on my heart and told me that I need to spend more time around you and I need to learn from you and the Lord has spoken. It's gonna freak them out, right? But this is what you should do. Like just reach out to them and say, look, can I have 30 minutes of your time and I wanna ask you, 
three questions. Three questions. Maybe it's about being a parent, right? Because how do you know how to parent when you've never parented before? I can remember someone in our house, and I'm not going to name any names, when we were cutting the nails of the baby's um, fingers, we actually literally cut their fingers off. And um, you know, you can make these mistakes when you've not traveled that route before, right? But when you want to lean into someone else's life and borrow their map, you just kind of say, look, can I have 30 minutes of your time? And I've got three questions relating to whatever it is that you want to learn from them about. But whatever you do, don't turn up without any questions. That is just dumb. Like think of three specific questions that you want to have answered by them because they're already at the place that you're already trying to get to. They're already there. They've been on the journey. They've seen the hazards. They've seen the road. They've traveled that route before. So ask them three questions. And it could be anything like, how did you handle whatever it was. When would be a good time to start? Whatever that would be. What would you do if? Just think and create of three questions and just let them know, like, can I just, can I just borrow your map and just figure out how you got to the very place where I want to get to too? And I think that this really ties in again to what Solomon would say, because we often think that we don't value this or we don't think that it's important enough for us to consider actually implementing it in our lives because we think that asking questions is a sign of weakness, when actually asking questions is the greatest sign of maturity. And Solomon knew this too. In fact, in Proverbs 19 verse 20, he says this. He says, listen to counsel. Now, listen, before we go anywhere else, you boys in the house, we are notoriously bad for listening to counsel. And I get it. I understand it. It's because I'm a man and I'm going to make my own choices and I'm going to travel my own route in life and I'm going to do my own thing. And who are they to tell me? Hey, you know what Solomon's saying here? Like, like, like just, just shut up and listen to counsel. It will help you. It will add value to you. So boys of Liverpool One Church, listen to counsel. And then he goes on and he says this, and accept discipline. He's saying like, you can listen to as much stuff as you want, but unless you implement this in your life, it's not gonna add a day of value to you at all. Unless you actually are willing to implement the discipline that's taught you, taught to you, because yes, it is true that sometimes you just wrong. Like, I know you think you're right, and I know that you thought that your plan was gonna work, and I know that you thought that you're not gonna back down because why should you? Because she said, and he said, hey, listen, sometimes you are just wrong. So listen to counsel and accept discipline. And now look at what happens when you do it. He says, and that you may be wise for the rest of your days. Imagine that. Like, how do you be wise? Well, just listen to counsel, listen to everybody. And you can decipher and like take the meat and spit out the bones, figure out what's gonna work for you. Listen to counsel, counsel and be disciplined. And when you do that, you're gonna be wise for the rest of your days. Here, Solomon's saying, look, if you build a habit and a pattern in your life that just looks like you being willing to listen to counsel and then implement this, it's gonna result in you being wise for the rest of your life. How cool would that be? The fourth thing that you've gotta do is pay attention to the signs. Now, if we're honest, I know that when you're driving, that the signs exist for everybody else. And when you're driving, if somebody else ignores the sign or goes against the sign, 
I know that you're like me. You're hanging out the window going, you divvy, bibi. Like I know that that's how some of you drive, right? Because the signs are for everybody else. But when you break the signs, when you go against the highway code and other people are giving you the expletives, you're like, what's the problem? I didn't even do a thing. Like, what's the issue? I mean, I'm only doing 40 and a 30. Like, what's the real problem? But you know, again, Solomon, the wisest man that's ever lived, says this in Proverbs 27, 12. He says, the prudent see the signs, the danger, the prudent. People who are smart, people who are wise, they're they're aware that on their journey, stuff's just gonna come up. So they're observant. What are the hazards? And then they respond and they take refuge. They respond. In other words, they don't just drive as though the signs aren't there, that the warning signs aren't there, that they're not on flashing at you. They respond to the signs that exist around them. And you know, for us in life, the signs for you and I are when a loved one, someone that knows you, that's in your inner circle that you trust, they come to you and they say to you something like, hey, do you know that you're being away? And that natural Uh, almost like sentiment within us wants to like push them back and go, what do you know about me? You don't know anything about me. That hey, listen, can I just say like, you are being away and you're heading for a train crash. Like the way you're living life, the decisions that you're making, the way that you're acting, the language, the behavior, like you are heading for a train wreck. Do you know what that is? It's called a sign. Like if you keep doing that, it's not gonna work out well with your parents. Hey, if you keep behaving like that, that is not gonna finish well with your wife, with your husband. Hey, if you keep doing that in work, that is not gonna look well about you. You know what that is? When people have those conversations with you, it's a sign. Now we get the choice, we can be ignorant, we can be arrogant, we could ignore the signs or we could embrace the signs because here's the bottom line, right? And you're gonna hate me for saying this, you're not gonna like the fact of this, but, but if you were to speak to somebody else and be assigned to them, you'd be all over it. But at the moment that somebody tries to flag a sign to you, you kick back and you repel it and you don't want it. But you're not gonna like me for saying this, but when more than one person starts to speak to you in your life and says like, hey, I see this coming, like, and this doesn't look good for you and the way that you're being and the way that you're treating him and the way that you're speaking to her and the way that you're acting in the room and the way that you, if more than one person is saying something like that to you, then listen to counsel. It's a sign. And the fifth and final thing is don't carry too much luggage. If you want a successful road trip, like if you want a a good life, a healthy life, you've got to learn the art of not carrying too much luggage because unnecessary luggage that you take with you, the more bags, the more cases, the more stuff, you know that it slows you down. Like how hard is it getting on an easy jet flight now when you've got two cases and the way that they've banned you from using up the overhead cabins now? It's kind of like, man, this this is hard, it's not easy. And we carry baggage and luggage all of the time when we're dealing with unresolved stuff, bitterness, anger, someone's done something, someone said something, like something's happened, like you've been betrayed, I've been betrayed, someone's been disloyal to you, someone's been disloyal to me, you didn't get the job, I didn't get the job, you were put forward for the promotion and you didn't get it, you were told that you'd get the pay rise but you didn't get it, like every single one of us carries the weight and the baggage that just comes from life and when you carry it, it slows you down, it tires you out. 
And actually, there are many reasons why we've got to learn the art of not carrying unnecessary baggage. But let me say it first, that there is an antidote to it, because Paul, the apostle, talks about it specifically in Ephesians 4. He says this, he says, be angry, but don't sin. Like, yeah, there's gonna be things that happen in your life and in mine that's gonna cause you to wanna react, but whatever you do, don't, don't go and sin. Don't let the sun go down while you're angry. Don't give the devil space. You know what that's talking about? Like, don't give anger and fear and jealousy and bitterness. Don't give it a space in your life. Just don't be that guy. Now, if you're not sure whether or not you're carrying ex excess luggage, Go and ask somebody that loves you the most. Go and ask the people that are closest to you. Like, hey, do you think that I'm carrying excess luggage right now? Am I, am I like carrying a hurt from a past? Am I like not able to get over this thing? Like, can you help me build a bridge to get over it? Can you, can you help me figure me out? And the reason why I say this is because often when you're carrying the weight, you don't realize that you're carrying it, but the people around you do. And the people around you, they're always having to deal and compensate for the weight in life that you're carrying that you shouldn't even be carrying. And they carry it in ways that looks like when they enter into a room, they're not able to be themselves around you because they're nervous about the way that you're gonna react. Like speaking to you, saying one thing is gonna be like flipping the switch and boom, pop, you just go off. Sometimes them carrying your weight is like them having to deal and put up with your moods that they can't figure you out. And you're like, why are you even being that way? Sometimes them helping to carry your weight looks like they've got to go through times and seasons where you ignore them, your substance abuse isn't helpful to them, your language isn't building them up, you're aggressive and you don't even know that you're being aggressive and you're doing this all of the time and the people around you are like, hey, listen, this is not helpful to you. And Paul gives us the antidote and he says this in verse 31. He says, get rid of all bitterness, rage and anger, brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. Here's the answer, by being kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as Christ, in Christ, God has forgiven you. Like, hey, you don't need to carry the weight. You just need to forgive some stuff and let it go. Leave it in the past. You can't put the car in reverse and take it back. You can stand looking at it through your rear view mirror, but that's not gonna help you drive forward in life. You've just gotta be willing to forgive those that have hurt you in the same way that God, our Father in heaven, has forgiven you of the stuff that you've done wrong, that maybe you were never deserving of being forgiven of. We are called to forgive those in our world of that same thing too. So in closing, don't travel alone. Don't pick up strangers. Pick a destination and borrow a map. Pay attention to the signs and don't carry excess baggage. Welcome to Series Road Trip. Thanks for joining us today. We hope that you can take that message and apply it to your life. Also, don't forget to take a moment to subscribe, rate and review this podcast. To get connected or stay more connected to the life of Liverpool One Church and learn how you can join us live, visit liverpoolonechurch.com. Thanks again for joining us and we hope to see you again soon.